what everybody's saying. Welcome to your new Friday jam, Disrupt, with Stacy Brooks and So Checkify. You are now about to witness the strength of the realest without all the corporate BS. Disrupt starts now. Three, two, one. It's a good segue for culture. It is a good segue for culture because I we are introducing a new voice to the show. Um, this is a person that I met when they were an intern. An intern. They were an intern in our Black Achievers program. Um, we were just reminiscing um, on this about uh, a few minutes ago. It was about, I guess, about three or four years ago. I was doing a presentation to this young group of aspiring young folks that were experiencing humanity in the different segments of our business and um, struck up a conversation. It just so happens that she was a communications major, mass communications, and um Today, she is a full-time Humana employee and also has her own blog, and we'll let her introduce herself to the folks. Introducing Christian Dudgeon, everybody. I got hot sauce in my bag, swag. I see it, I want it, I took yellow, I want it. Oh, man, she's got some Beyonce rolling up in here. Got to. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, hey, Christian. Welcome hey, to the Chuck. show. Hey, hey Christian with a K. How's it going, guys? Going Thank you. very well. How is it going with you? Here you are in the booth with us. Yes, it's so surreal because I didn't tell you guys this, but at one point I wanted to be a radio personality, so... We're kind of scratching that itch right now. I'm well, loving this, it. This is the jump off then. It is. It is. This might be a thing. You all are witnessing <laughs> the start of something very special out there. Yes. So, Kristen, to... tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, like Stacy said, my name is Christian Dudgeon. Um, I've matriculated from intern over the past couple of years to working full time at Humana. This is my second year doing that. Um, outside of work, they mention I do blog. I have a blog called The Cultured Queen. Cultured spelled like a, with the K, like my name. So, that's K U. L-T-U-R-E-D. Um, I talk about a lot of current events. My take on that from the perspective of a young millennial trying to navigate life, you know, because that's an interesting time. Well, it good. Is. I'm glad we got some well, yeah. millennials on here because <laughs> Stacy is old as beep. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But no, I, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity. I'm excited to create the magic together and see what we, we cover on this road. Well, we're absolutely, positively ecstatic to have you on the show, and, and big ups to Stacy because dude knows how to find talent. You know, Call me the GM. I'm a GM. I'm a general manager. You know what I'm saying? I'm out there <laughs> watching the film. Lakers. Watching film, you know, studying up, doing my scouting reports. And so I, I, I bring the, the best talent. Well, we got some more talent we're going to introduce later on in the show that that's, you found. Yes. That's right, man. I mean, we Disrupt is blowing up. And if you haven't yet, right now you need to do this. Go slash Disrupt and join the movement. Yes. Okay? First podcast on Humana Airwaves. First live show on Humana Airwaves. Go slash Disrupt. Join the movement. So like I was saying before, the reason why I really wanted to reach out to you, Christian, was to kind of bring some energy, mm -hmm. you know, um, a younger perspective. Yeah. And someone that, you know, a young professional that has, you know, you're, you're, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're, you know, you're following, you know, you know what's trending. I don't know what's trending. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not on sure. Instagram. 
Um, and I'm fully immersed in all of it. Yeah, you're fully immersed. And so you can kind of bring that and it, you can let us know when we have blind spots, you know, based upon kind of how we see things. Um, and I'm just really, really looking forward to it. And also, just to let everybody know, Christian is our produ- she is our show producer. She is the one providing the rundown. So, you know, the topics that she's curating out there and bringing to you, that comes from our production lead, Christian Dudgeon. So thank you so much for joining the team. I'm super excited to have you. No here. problem. Thank you guys for having me. And, you know, like I said, I just look forward to, um, you know, hoping that my perspective adds some engaging, challenging and disrupting to our our viewers and you know i'm excited to see what we do together so i want to get started with that right now if y'all don't mind let's do that all right so today's quotes we have a quote of the day it is wandering free wish i could be part of your world and i'm sure that that you guys have heard that before gentlemen in the room oh yeah yeah i heard it i got it i got the name of the movie wrong (laughs) you You got the name of the movie wrong but we gave you a pass because you have sons so for boys what's that supposed to mean see i I mean okay boys could have watched the movie too don't get me wrong i watched that movie it's one of my favorite disney movies go ahead you watched it before your daughters were born yeah (laughs) i took took girls on dates to watch it oh okay okay Okay. That shows my age right there. We should have a little segment uh, on our show, like (laughs) Chuck's Tips. (laughs) Well, for those who do not know or may not know where they know that line from, it was said by the Disney princess Ariel in the movie The Little Mermaid. Um, She said that in one of her iconic numbers in that movie while she was wishing for legs to run off into the sunset with prince eric prince eric and we had a big discussion about that whole prince and king thing he was just you know well the reason why i wanted to talk about ariel today is because recently disney announced that r&b singer hallie bailey not barry hallie bailey that threw (laughs) me off i I know know. it threw a lot of people off hallie barry got a lot of hate by accident (laughs) really (laughs) yes she did but we'll cover that in a minute wow um so basically hallie bailey was cast as ariel in the upcoming live action remake of the little mermaid um and the internet proceeded to explode because with all the positive with all the positive (laughs) thoughts a mixture well um, well wishers out there a a mixture of both there were a lot of well wishers a lot of people happy to see this move being made i'm one of those people but in um on the other side there were a lot of facebook groups hashtags and everything else erected in the name of making ariel white again and that is some the terminology used by a lot of people that sounds like a little bit of hateration just a little bit hateration holleration so this is important to talk about because it speaks to the importance of media representation as we you know grow and advance through society but it also shows the ever-present obstacles to achieve that so my question to you guys is do you think that casting a black ariel is as big as it as an issue um as the public made it and if what or following that up what do you think this means in the long term for how we think about the role of race in casting well i'll jump in because um i i i have strong views about this one i do think that it's a very very big win for media representation because representation matters Mm -hmm. and you know the idea of who can be a princess who can be desired who can get the you know who can be the leading um role getting the guy or getting the girl in a movie um so many little kids look up to this like millions and millions of kids look up to this this idea and this image and to and to see that um that image diversified 
and made inclusive, I think is a really, really huge deal. Chuck, yeah. what do you think? I agree 100 percent. And before I go into my retort here, I will shout out to Humana's Inclusion and Diversity Department because Disrupt big supporters, big allies, yes. and we're always That's where be I got my in. start as well. That's Shout right. out to them. That's what's up. So now, big deal because, let me just think, uh, Disney's been around for, I don't know, how many years? 50, 60 years? Um, Disney Longer itself has been around almost 100. 100 years? Yeah. Almost. Okay. So in 100 years, this is the second movie <laughs> that has featured a person of color as the lead in any of their animation. Yep, and the first was Princess Tiana back in the early 2000s. Which is, by the way, one of my favorite Disney movies. Not the Princess Bride, by the way. Oh, no, anybody, the Princess and the Frog. The it was like me. Bride. They got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'll give you we'll give you a pass on that. But yeah, it's a huge deal. And, and one of the things that I'm spending time as a dad doing uh, to my young daughters, who are 5 and 10, uh, is preaching to them mm-hmm. the importance of inclusion and diversity. And so we're tickled to death uh, that, uh, you know, this movie is being made. Shout out to Lynn manuel Miranda. Yes, my uh, fave. Creator of Hamilton. Yes. He was in the room where it happened and made this thing, you know. He was, he was a part of making this. Um, he was the, part of the casting. Oh, so he, I did was not he the, know is that. he the crab? Yes. Who, is, who is he? Uh, I don't. I can't remember who he is. I'll have to Under look on that. Under the sea. I'll tell you I what, cannot if you're out wait. on Buzz listening to that, why don't you look that up for us and tell us who Lynn Manuel Miranda is going to be in the new Little Mermaid? Yes, because I was not aware. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, you know, art is supposed to imitate life. And the fact of the matter is that black and brown people exist and we are very multifaceted we are not just um you know a monolith in in society we do many different things we should be represented as such and i speak from the perspective of one of the girls who grew up in the 90s um as a black or brown girl and i didn't have a lot of princesses that looked like me Uh, when people ask me who my favorite disney princess was i jumped to pocahontas who people a lot of times didn't even consider or think of, and she had even less merchandise available. Um, I jumped to Princess Jasmine sometimes, and later on, you know, Brandy did play Cinderella, but she also got a lot of flack when that was a thing. Um, And, you know, it's just, it's a big deal. I'm happy that new generations of young people will get to see themselves represented in more positive roles, um, in diverse roles. I agree, and the the idea of all of that, that, that hatred against that idea, isn't that also a case in point of why it's necessary to do it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, when you think about, there was, you know, the, I hate to bring her name up and, 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 and promote her, but the, the whole thing with um, Laura Ingram and Santa Claus, like that, that whole thing where she was like, hey kids, like she wanted to set all the black kids down and let them know, look kids, Santa's white, okay? Oh. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah, you, oh, yeah, yeah that's YouTube a different it. show. Um, so, but the idea of, of that is just an example of why it's important to to diversify that and make it more inclu- inclusive. But one thing I might want to say to the people out there that are against the idea, you might as well get used to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can see Captain America is, is you know, the the shield's been passed on to. Um, what? No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. You get ready? No, no. Go. Oh, Calvin Mackey. Um, you got the new 007. Yes. Black woman. See, you wanted to say that? You steal my thunder. I, well, you should have put your <laughs> name next to it. But you, 
What's up? Put your name next to it. Right. And then I'm I'm glad, you know, you have the Lion King. I'm glad that Simba gets to be voiced by a, a, an African-American young cub. And there were a lot of more African-American voices in this version than the previous one. Yeah, it makes so much sense. You well, know what I mean? You just hated it because Simba was Ferris Bueller. But I, I, I just hated it because Ferris Bueller, his parents, you know, they didn't explain the adoption. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like James Earl Jones, right? They man. didn't explain oh, the adoption. Like, this point. Let me know if he's from a different pride over there on like the east side of the of the Serengeti. You right. Just let me know. Give me the back backstory. All right. So he, here's what's up. Uh, I'm getting ready to do a segue here. We're going to get into the next beat here. But before that, I just want to ask you all. So when and you mentioned Brandy, right? Yes. So when Brandy was cast there, you know, you want to know where I watched that? Where? Sitting up in my room okay see <laughs> wow we need to employ impactful <laughs> frictionless interoperable collaboration solutions wait a minute wait a minute cut this man it's time to cut the bs that's right cut the bs it is time for numbers stacy what you got Hey, so this number is it's a serious topic. Um, so the number of the day is 76 billion. That's billion with a B, y'all. That is the total number of opioid pills distributed across the nation over the past seven years, according to a DEA database showing the amounts, locations of all U.S. opioid sales. This is an important issue because we have been learning more and more over the years about the opioid crisis um, that is having deep impacts, um, devastating negative impacts on our country, on families, on individuals. And this is something that just recently came out. The Washington Post did a lot of work to try to get access to this database. And now you can go on um, that. You, you can just Google uh, opioid database and you can see wherever co county you live in. You can see how many pills were sold by which pharmacy to the number. And, you know, just to put that into context, 76 billion pills. There are approximately 7.5 billion people on the planet. So when you take into consideration that 76 billion pills have been, you know, put out there in just the United States, that's staggering. Do uh, you think 76 in the U.S., Alone. 76 billion? Yeah. And so you're saying 70 pills per person across the globe? globe. Including newborns. Oh, my. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And the, the impacts are devastating because what you what you find is, you know, that's a bridge towards the kind of addiction that we we, we haven't solved. You yeah. know, we haven't solved the, the, the kind of addiction that is coming from the, this type of um, epidemic. So what, what do you think about that? You know, it's it, like you guys said, it's just when I read that number is staggering. Um, and I know we talked in our previous meetings and stuff. There are so fewer people present on earth in comparison to that number is just astounding to think um and it's just thinking about the impact that opioids have had even when we look at our community of louisville um and other communities that you know human is connected to across the nation um opioids are a serious issue and you know any kind of drug uh, abuse and a drug crisis is detrimental to families to youth um and, and you know it's, it's just it's one of those things that's a slippery slope, right? Because some people don't abuse them, um, you know, intentionally. Some people are prescribed medicines because they were in an accident or because they have to have pain management and it just gets out of control and they can't help that. Um, it's just it's just really crazy to think about. 
One of the things about pain management that you brought up that uh, struck something uh, in me is uh, how companies are thinking about managing that type of thing. Right. And so Stacy and I hail from CDS, that's Core Digital Solutions, formerly known as the Digital Center of Excellence, CDS. Don't forget that. But we've been talking to some folks outside of the company that are uh, actually creating companies that are for management of addiction and also pain management, and they're utilizing virtual reality. So we're going to have someone on the show here in a month or so. They're going to tell us a little bit about that. But, you know, this this epidemic is reminding me a lot of the 80s. Yeah. You know, the crack epidemic, you know, when all that found its way to the streets. Mm -hmm. Sounds very, very similar, but this seems even, like, almost exponentially worse. It is because of the way that prescription pills are packaged and distributed, yeah. you know, and so, you know, you like like Christian just said, you know, you have a, a devastating injury and now you're managing chronic pain and you 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 may need them because you are in extreme pain. But like I said, the thing that we haven't addressed and been able to solve is how to br take how to get someone out of that addictive habit. Right. You know, and, and I think you're starting to see more physicians specializing in addiction management. You know, it's, so it's a it's a major um, concern that is sparking a lot of, you know, new new avenues of research, new professions focused on the on the challenge of addiction. You know, I know that, you know, in my family, there there have been people that have suffered from various types of addiction. Mm -hmm. um, my my wife's brother rheumatoid arthritis you know and and because of his um you know severe pain that he grew up with this is something that he's had all of his life and just progressively got worse next thing you know he's addicted to these to these pain pills and you know it's just something that many people have a story of someone in their life that you know is is challenged by addiction i think one of the things that is um not like the 80s is that it's not seen as a criminal thing. You know, you know, to be addicted to something isn't seen as a criminal thing yeah. the way that it was in, in the 80s. And I think that's one of the things that's been really striking to me um, in multiple ways since we first started talking about this opioid crisis, since we first started noticing that things might be getting a little out of hand. Um, you know, from I, my degree is in digital and mass communication, so I'm really big on paying attention to the way things are reported and like agenda setting through news and through media. And one of the very striking things to me has been how this has been covered, right? Um, with the crack epidemic in the 80s, I wasn't around for it, but I've seen, watched a lot about it, and my parents grew up in that time and talked to them about it and what it was like. I've seen those news clippings from back then, and just the, the images that we saw were very different. That's so true. And, and it's it's you know the images that we saw back then it was more so looked at where we weren't talking about addiction as a disease then we were talking about addiction as a crime and as you know this very uh primitive behavior being being you know carried out whereas now we're very compassionate about it and it's like oh my gosh opioids are tearing apart families mm. oh my gosh opioids are invading our you know our neighborhoods and this and that totally different you ain't said nothing but the truth chuck you remember that show current affair oh yeah and so this is before this is literally before your time <laughs> so there was a show and, and to your point the 
the representation of the crisis, right? Yes. The crack uh, epidemic was represented. You know, you would have this van pull up to a street corner, and then now they're putting the camera out there on this corner where drugs are being sold on the street, right? So it's representing this notion of this is where the bad drugs are that yes. are getting people addicted are. And today, that place is not the street corner. <laughs> right. No. You know, it's a soccer mom SUV. Yeah, it's a different. It's a completely different place. Right. And then also to your point, Christian, the, when you talk about the '80s and you know the face of addiction, it there was a persona there. Yes. It was, it was a uh, it was it a was crack mom or a a, a a a a crack crack guy. A, you know, a black dude on crack. So that was very Pookie from New Jack City. Yes. New Jack City. You know that's right. that very much was like the face. It was a look. Yes. That was the look of a crack addict. Exactly. Or a person struggling with that form of addiction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what we don't have today is a persona to yep. go with this epidemic. I, I think it's I more subtle. And and because we talk about it more compassionately and softly and because back then the crack addict the crack epidemic was often talked about as if it was a fault of the people addicted. Yeah. It was a fault to, you know, oh, it's your fault that you're on crack. Oh, it's your fault that, you know, this is present in your neighborhoods and this and that. And we're not talking about opioids in that way. And I know that there are stark differences in the way, you know, those things started. But we, I think there is a very subtle persona with, with the opioid crisis as well. I agree with all of that. Uh, I did want to just kind of jump in here real quick. One, I've heard that uh, some folks may be having some problems accessing uh, the show. So if you could just uh, let us know in the chat at Humana Radio, uh, we would love to know if you can hear us loud and clear. Second of all, I want to put a disclaimer out there is that these are opinions of our own. Okay. Right. This is not Humana's opinion. This no. is an opinion of each and every person that is on this show. There are going to be times where you don't agree with us. We love that. Let's have a talk about it. Yes. You know, put it in go slash disrupt. Let's discuss it. But I'll go on the record right now is saying um, addiction runs in my family. I have the gene. My kids have the gene. Now, whether it lays dormant or not, don't know yet. Right. So I'll put myself out there and say that. And the reason I say that is because we have EAP benefits mm -hmm. through Humana that allows us to have counseling sessions free of charge with licensed therapists. Mm -hmm. OK, so if you're not taking advantage of that, listen, people are going through those things. If you're going through that, I encourage you take care of yourself. Get into that. Find out about the EAP benefits. And if you have a family member as well, I think that they can utilize EAP through your affiliation as well. So definitely check into those things, because not only do we want to open these conversations on Disrupt, we also want to be open to talking about solutions. And to Chuck's point, you know, we may not always agree. You guys, you guys listening to us may sometimes, you know, feel differently, but we want to have those dialogue opportunities. We want to open that up. So definitely check into EAP if you're going through something or, you know, someone else who is. And so in the spirit of that, please tell us on Buzz what you all think that can be done to in the industry to combat this issue. I will say that um, in my own research of the industry, you know, it is encouraging to see that there are discussions being had about trying to do benefits and, you know, offer different things to try to combat the crisis. So that is a positive. That's right. But definitely if there's something that you think 
or something that you want to share with us, what you think about the opioid crisis or what you think we as health professionals could be doing to help out? Like Stacey said, jump on bus. All right. So before I hit our next segue and we hit our next beat, I want to give a big shout out to Joy Brown. Says she can hear us loud and clear. Disrupt. Thanks, Joy. Really enjoying this podcast. Joy, this is not a podcast. This is a live show, honey. We're and, here. And I'm. And let me back up because that's probably not appropriate. This is a live show, period. Hard stop, right? <laughs> shout out to Trisha Michael. Shout out to Leanne Kramer. Thank Hi, you Trisha. All for I work with her. All right. We'll be right back. we got to pay some more bills. It's time to flip the script. Join the Disrupt Movement. Hit us up at go slash disrupt. What everybody's saying. Welcome to your new Friday jam. Disrupt with Stacey Brooks and So Checkified. And we're back, and it is time for names. Yes. Names. Well, I'm definitely going to work on some audio for that because y'all don't want to hear me saying the, all that. <laughs> Stacey's just like, you're uh, right. Yeah, once we start doing this on video and whatnot, you'll be able to see Stacey just glaring at me the whole time. Like like when I do this, hey, I got a, I got a new idea. I already knew what you were getting ready to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, or, or this one. Come on, dude. All right, sorry. He hates when I chew gum. Anyway, so I got a name for y'all. What's the name? It's the squad. Squad. Dun, 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 dun. Squad life. <laughs> right. Name. Oh yeah. That that's that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> let's do that again. That was really good. I like that. The squad. There we go. That's there like it DJ is. Q at five o'clock free ride. What's up? Ninety six point five. Who are they, Chuck? They are the squad. You know, squad like the mod squad. No, this is a group of freshman congresswomen. You probably haven't heard much about them lately uh, because they are shaking things up on Capitol Hill since taking office in early 2019. Of course, my homegirl, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, Ilhad Omar and Rashida Tlaib. They are all outspoken voices in a very political landscape we found ourselves in. What do y'all think about the squad? One, they blow they blowing up everybody's Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> right? Turn it yeah. off. You know what I mean? Like, um I I, I I like that they are so fearless and uh, unbossed. Yes, and unbothered. It, it, you and know unbought, what I mean? It takes, it takes me back Shirley to Chisholm. Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. Yes. They are unbossed. <laughs> Um, and, 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 and won't be moved. So, Christian, you, you teed us up, so I'll let you, you know, kind of lead us into this discussion a little bit. Gotcha. Well, I do want to say that I also love the squad. You know, hashtag the squad. Love them a lot. AOC is a treasure. She should be, you know, protected at all costs. All of them should, but I love so, AOC. So they are like millennial, uh, they're like the leaders of the millennial progressive kind, kind of movement. yeah she's a big deal and it's crazy um i had told chuck this i recently watched the netflix documentary that kind of followed the last election in which aoc got elected and just watching her on the campaign trail you're watching her do her campaign events you're watching her do um debates with you know the incumbent at the time that she was running against and then after all that said and done she pulled her hair in a ponytail put her glasses on and went to work she was a bartender and she's scooping ice just like i've scooped ice as a hostess when i worked at a restaurant myself so, so you feel that connection i do and it's just really a big deal to see women 
who are regular people because a lot of times we think about politics and politicians in in the status of their you know in a in elite form i guess people that were groomed for it yes basically. groomed for the job went to the best schools this is what they were supposed to do this mm-hmm. is the path that they're supposed to be in and they're regular everyday people just like us so i think that's a big deal i think so too i think that um you know, in this new age of politics where, you know, the the commander in chief is, you know, big on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And that's something that no major politician before him was, you know, did that. Right. right? No one was using, you know, that type of communication um, form. Mm-hmm. And because of that, no one really knew how to joust and in, in, in engage in a back and forth. Yes. That can't be said about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No. Like she knows how to go back and forth and, and use the social media platform just as well as anyone. Yes. And I think, and I think it was a huge part of her election as well. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And, you know, I think one of the one of the things about that is that that particular medium mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the, the, the group of people that are following um, personalities on Twitter, there's there's a language there's a regular everyday speak yes you know it, it's not corporate it's not political it's just a regular everyday speak it is that you know the commander-in-chief is leveraged and taken advantage of mm-hmm. and now you see you know this young um, group of freshman congressmen doing the same thing right? right just leveraging that regular everyday connection with the people that are in their constituencies and in the in the, in the country yeah and with AOC specifically um, on Instagram as well because Instagram is huge especially amongst the 20-somethings and you know millennials my, around my age and a little bit older um, when she was on the campaign trail and especially right after she got elected I got to see what it's like to what like some of the process that you go through when you're a newly elected congressperson I was foreign to that before because she's got her Insta story going like, hey, we're doing our training sessions today. I can't show you the details, of course, for confidentiality, but I have my welcome packet. I have my pen. You know, they're putting up my nameplate. You get to see all that stuff. Taking we've you never behind seen the curtain. That. Yes, we've never been behind the curtain in that fashion before. So I think that's amazing. But I do want to rein us in a little bit. The reason why um, I thought it was important for us to discuss the squad today is because, um, you know, they have been a major trigger for the president. And here recently, he published a thread of tweets on Twitter saying that the four congresswomen should go back to the corrupt, crime-ridden countries that they came from. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. It was much, you know, longer than that. But it's interesting that was said because all four of these women are actually American citizens. Yeah. All, three out of four of them were born here. The only one born in a different country was Ilhan Omar, who immigrated to the U.S. with her parents as a young child. But since then, she's been naturalized. So she's also a citizen. In the name of the Statue of Liberty, right, that says, yes. hey, bring us your, you know, there's a phrase on there. I don't, I don't, I have to paraphrase it myself. But basically, you know, that is the immigration story that a lot of people talk about and celebrate. Yes. You know, somebody coming from the another quote, country American dream be- of an immigrant yeah, and yes. becoming a citizen of this country and and then ultimately you know becoming an active citizen all the way to the point that you're in Congress you're an elected official in the federal government like that's amazing um which I want to bring us back you know 
while the loaded language of telling people to get out, we know that that's an ongoing conversation and issue within itself. I actually want to want us to think about this situation between the president's tweets toward the squad um, from a different angle. Okay? Okay. So we at Humana work in an environment that encourages inclusion, diversity, and cultivating our uniqueness as part of our core organizational values, right? That's right. I want us to think about the government and Congress as an organization. And with that, think about tell me, tell me how you guys think that um, the Humana approach to inclusion and diversity strategy could impact America's current sociopolitical landscape. That's a really, really complicated question, because see, now now I'm imagining, you know, those fake those same folks, um, you know, imagining them as a new associate. That's coming in, you know, excited about their new job, their engaged. new role and super engaged. And they're they're throwing their ideas out there. And maybe maybe one of their ideas comes from the fact that, you know, as they're being onboarded, they're finding that, hey, this doesn't seem right. And this doesn't seem right. And we could be doing this better. And you know what? I don't feel like I'm being led the right way. And mm-hmm. and now if I take this analogy to kind of what's going on um, in, in Congress, somebody that's from the legacy part of the culture is saying you should go back where you came from. Yeah. With, 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 with your, your ideas, with your ideas, with yeah. your new ideas and you're wanting to change and your things. first perspective. Who right. wants it? Who <laughs> wants that? Right. We want we want what we've had all you know before. This is it, how we've always done it. This is how it's done. So I, I really like the, the your angle of kind of analysis into this, because um, one that, you know, the Congress had to figure out, OK, what are we going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's 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 a legacy organization where you're supposed to be quiet until it's your turn. It's your turn to be able to kind of give your opinion that means something. Right. But at the same time, everybody's saying that we need fresh voices. We need a new perspective. We need new energy. Like, do you want it or do you not want it? Exactly. And, and it doesn't just look one way. And it certainly doesn't. It's and, not packaged one way. And it doesn't always say things the way that things have been said before. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the essence of time, uh-huh. I know I, I'm digging this back. Back and forth and forth. Back, back, back and forth. Who's that? Shout Aaliyah. Who is right. that? Listen Shout to out. him as I knew right. who that was. I love that was Aaliyah, for the listeners actually. out there. In fact, I got another listener. Stephanie Mason said, Big Us for a live show. Love this. So we got to go into our next piece because there's a technical component to this that I didn't ask Reggie about, but I think I figured it out. But before we get to that, one thing I do want to say about the squad, okay? One, fantastic role models for every person. Okay, they're fantastic mm-hmm. role models. And I'll tell you why. They're not just shaking up one side. They're shaking it all up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate. And I'm not going to get into my political leanings and where I, you know, whatever. But both sides of Congress are like, uh, okay. Yeah, sit down be quiet. <laughs> you know Wait what I'm saying? Your turn. Right. Yeah. And so they're getting as much grief in their own party yeah. as they are from the other party. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And before we close out, the last thing I just wanted to say was um, I just want to remind us all that welcoming different opinions and backgrounds is what drives innovation in all forms of our lives, whether it's here at work, whether it's in the educational sector or in this case, politics. You know, as Humana has shown, inclusion should be welcomed. There's value in it. And it drives, you know, social evolution. And I would add to that that anyone who uses or agrees with using go back to your country comments to ostracize others could stand to learn from Humana's IND strategy and orgs like ours. Wow. All right. I agree. That is it for the name of the week. Y'all, we've got some big names on our show. Big names. 
That's right. <laughs> in fact, and some of the most important names in the company belong to our nurses, right? Oh, that's right. Who, for the 17th year in a row, were named most trusted profession in the U.S. 17 most years. Trusted. Most and, trusted. And most openings. My goodness. You want to earn some, some scratch? Become a nurse, man. We need some nurses. Yeah, nurses but we need compassionate nurses. We yes, need I compassionate nurses. Yeah. Just don't dive in. Like if, if yeah. it ain't for you, don't don't yeah, try to don't do, do it. it for that reason. But definitely, <laughs> the reason why it's the point. most trusted profession is because it's calling <laughs> dedicated folks that really really love what they point do. Yes. Point so taken. when you when when we had to partner with someone and we wanted to a new member that you know was from that trusted profession, someone that can give us the latest and greatest in self care, how we can take care of ourselves. Um, we reached out to a person that was a former DAP um, colleague. Um, she was also did the Perfect Experience Summit. Well, well, she'll tell us about the the Perfect Experience. She went to Disney World for that, and um, she's a registered nurse. We're gonna introduce and welcome the one and only Tia Alexander. Tia. You know what time it is. You know what it is. Bringing all that NYC flavor. Can't go wrong with you, Dad. Tia Alexander. Tia Alexander. We want you to tune in every week to figure out what are they talking about. And when I say talk, I mean New York talk. I'm tapping into my inner biggie. Inner biggie, that's what's up. Shout out to the notorious B I G. The notorious T I A. Tia, what's happening? Good morning, everybody. How are you? We're doing well, Tia. How are you? I am well. I am well. Coming to you from New York City, the Big Apple. I'm so excited to be here this morning. We are, too. Tia, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to say that I am so thrilled and honored to be a part of your morning experience. And I really want to thank you for allowing me into your space for the short time that we'll have together. Um, You'll come to know more about me in the coming weeks as we share time together, but as a very brief background, as mentioned by the co-host, I'm a registered nurse with over 20 years health industry experience, and I am currently serving as the manager of provider engagement for the Northeast region. Wow. Shout out to my Northeast listeners. Awesome. So, Tia, like, you've been here 17 years, is that right? Well, no, not at Humana. I've been at Humana for three years in May. But you've been a nurse for 17 years. 20. 20 years. 17 years is the the other thing. I graduated out of preschool. (laughs) That's what's up. Yes, an accelerated program. Absolutely. A complete prodigy. That's what's up. A complete prodigy. Speaking of prodigy, prodigy, right? Absolutely. Mob deep in the house. What's up? That's right. That's right. Now, Tia and I share an interesting uh, kind of uh, back and forth. Back back to that again. Uh, Tia has not recognized the importance of the influence of the West Coast on (laughs) hip-hop. Yes. It it unfortunately cannot be recognized. (laughs) Oh, man. That sounds like somebody is still offended when Snoop made that video and came through and crushed the buildings. Yes. (laughs) They didn't like that. They didn't like that too much. I still have a sore spot spot in my heart for that piece. They they didn't like that that too much. So what are you here to talk to us about today, Tia? So, well, first and foremost, I just want to share that every time I come to the Disrupt Health and Wellness Experience, I'm really going to be sharing with everybody important and interesting topics that can range anywhere from serious health content to fun and light health commentary. But for today, for our inaugural show, I could think of nothing more important to talk about than self-care 
and how your self-care benefits others in your life. Would you agree with that statement? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's right. Perfect. Wholeheartedly. Perfect. So, 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 so when you say us, self-care, what, what, what do you mean for the people that might not have heard this term before? What, what do you mean by self-care? Absolutely. So most of us at some point want to accomplish everything that makes us either a good parent, a good spouse, friend, co-worker, sibling, and the list can really go on. And in doing so, it's very easy to let all of those roles overshadow our own needs. So sometimes we have to take a step back and say, before I can help someone else or before I can do for someone else, I have to take care of me first. And the challenge with that is that a lot of people feel guilty about taking time for themselves when they are in all or most of those roles that I just laid out. That's so right. guilty. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's so, that's so true. It's, re- it's, it's really true. And the moment you lose sight of happiness for yourself, or if you find it difficult to strike that balance between making yourself happy and others happy, you will instantly feel burned out or defeated. And that's not something that you want to feel, nor is it good for you to feel that way, because then you're useless to anyone else. You have to find a way to relax, refresh, and recharge your own energy and well-being. And I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. They feel guilty about it because they think, well, if I'm taking time for myself, I'm being selfish. And it's the total opposite. You have to do, those are my three R's, if you will, relax, refresh, and recharge. I wrote them down. Me too. Perfectly. (laughs) Those are things that you really need to do for yourself. And if you think about it, 24 hours in a day, surely you can take 5 to 10 minutes for yourself to just decompress. Yeah. And so one of the things that I want to talk with you about today is I want you to think about creating a wellness hierarchy pyramid directed towards your own self-care. And if you think about this pyramid, I want you to think about it of the food pyramid that we all learned about in school. Remember the food pyramid? Yes, I do. Okay. So when you think about the food pyramid, and just to give a quick reminder to those of us who may have forgotten, the bottom of that pyramid is where you want to have an abundance of all of the things that are good for you, vegetables, salads, fruits. And you want to think of your personal self-care in that same space. So all of the things that are good for you, healthy eating, plenty of sleep, exercise. Now, it's very easy for me to say to you, okay, I want you to exercise tomorrow. I want you to start eating healthy. I want you to do all of these things. But what are you really going to do to implement that change? What are you really going to do to modify your behavior to ensure that you are taking care of yourself, right? Yeah. So when you think about going up that food pyramid, now you've laid out all the great things in abundance at the bottom, which is non-negotiable. This is a must-do, must-have, must-need in your life. As you travel up that pyramid, what are we looking at? What are the worst things that, let's say, your doctor, Stacy, tells you to stay away from? If he's telling you to change your eating habits, what is he going to tell you to stay away from? Probably, you know... Things that have a lot of cholesterol and, you know, any trans fats, if they still exist. Absolutely. So foods and drinks that are high in fat, sugar and salt. 
I want you to oh, think yes. about what types of behaviors, and give me some that you can think of. What types of behaviors would you put in that top space that you can really live without? These are things that are negotiable. You, can, you have a little wiggle room. You can play around with it. What are some of the behaviors that you could put to the side when you think about your own self-care? Well, we're going to have Chuck answer that question. Tofu. <laughs> I was gonna say chips. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Uh, the wow. chips. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the good, good one. So and it me. hurts so bad. I know. I don't know what to say it. It yeah. does. It does. But you want to think about things at the top. You know, maybe running errands for nine hours on a Saturday is mm. something that's negotiable, sure. and you can slip in some you time. That's a good maybe. Point. Doing everything for your children all week, serving as a cab driver, mm. your personal chef, you know, a homework uh, assignment checker, a teacher, whatever it is. Maybe some of those things on one given day, you can say, you know what, let's parlay that until tomorrow. Today, let's go outside and play in the water. Let's go outside and build something together. Let's go do something uh, just to take that little bit of time for yourself. And so this pyramid that I'm thinking of as far as your self-care is really a positive way to start thinking about how you can prioritize things in your life so that when you show up, you show out as the best version of you every day. Because honestly, that's the goal. You honestly cannot do anything for anybody else if you are not okay. So true. And that is something that people need to feel okay with understanding that and letting go of that guilt that I can't do this for myself because someone else needs me. Well, if you're not around, will that thing that they need to get done still be done? And if I could, Tia, you know, speaking from the point of even caregivers, because I know we have a lot of our associates that, you know, care for other family members and friends. I myself am a caregiver. One of my parents, I've grown up with them having MS specifically, Um, you know, from the time that MS, you didn't know a lot about it up until now when there's a lot of research on it. Um, And it can be really hard. I know that a lot of people feel guilty for taking time for themselves. And they're like, you know, I need to be there for my loved one 24-7. They call right at this second, mm-hmm. and they need me to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Even if I'm doing something, I can't stop to breathe, to think about it. I just got to go. Right. And like Tia said, you, you can't, I've had to learn that you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Like, Absolutely you not. have to pour into yourself and make sure that you are whole and make sure that you are healthy and, you know, of sound mind and um, all of that before you're able to help somebody else adequately. Yeah, and so there's a term called procrastinating by doing. Yeah. And so a lot of people procrastinate from taking care of themselves by taking care of a lot of other things and a lot of, you know, other people, other responsibilities. And so they, you know, they're putting themselves last. I don't know if it's because they don't want to think about, you know, what to do Mm -hmm. or they just have that, like you said, Christian, like they just feel guilty of giving that part, you know, taking that time for themselves. They do. And it's interesting you bring up the caregiver, Kristen, because um, you'll find in today's society there are caregiver groups for caregivers. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty meta. Yeah. It really is because these people, like you said, Kristen, they spend all of their time thinking about how they can take care of their loved ones that they are shutting down. And they're stressed. They are highly stressed, feeling that defeated feeling, right? 
Yeah. And so this this is why, you know, we as individuals, whether you're I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a coworker, I'm a daughter, I'm a sibling, I'm a cousin, I'm a, I'm a lot of things to a lot of people. But before I can be all of those things, I have to be there for me. And so it's taken me some time, I'll be very honest with you, for years I always put others before me. And I would say you know, to be completely honest, maybe in the last two to three years, I've learned to just steal moments for myself throughout the day to just decompress. And maybe it's five minutes. Maybe I'm, you know, working on a breathing app or what, or, or something where I'm just sitting still and, and listening to my own thoughts. But you have to do that because then your frustration level begins to build and then all types of different things manifest throughout your body, and those are not things that you want to happen. Exactly. And so the challenge that I have for you all and our listeners for the next time that we meet is I want you to create your own wellness period pyramid. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. And here are some questions that you can ask yourself, very simple questions. When my day is going well, what behaviors contribute to that? Is it a good night's sleep, a balanced meal, a yoga class? What is it? What did I do today that helped to elevate my energy levels? Did I meditate? Did I go for a walk? What did you do? And then lastly, how much time did I take to focus on my happiness? Now, the most important part of the pyramid, once you begin to design that, is to try to work in steps, small steps, incremental steps, to schedule time to implement that behavior. Because the goal of this project that I'm tasking you with is to start focus on being in the business of yourself. And that's key. That's awesome, Tia. And we are so lucky to have you joining our show. What we're going to do is we're going to take those questions and post them on Buzz so people um, can make sure they, they know all of the points to put on their pyramid. We'll be asking folks what, what they've done to create their wellness pyramid when we reconnect with our audience. And, you know, Tia, uh, we want to thank you so much. And I can tell everybody that, you know, she she really practices what she preaches, always has really great energy. And I imagine that's because she's living in this, this spirit of self-care. It is. And if I may just lead everybody with one quote, this is my quote for the day. It's from one of my favorites from Dr. Seuss. And I'd like to just say to all of you, today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you and so much, Tia. You're welcome. With that family, take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. You know That's what time it is. Thank you. That is Tia Alexander. Bring it on that NYC flavor. Can't go wrong with you, Dad. Tia Alexander. We'll be right back. We want you to tune in every week to figure out what are they talking about. And when I say talk, I mean New York talk. I'm tapping into my inner biggie. That's what's up. We're Decline that end of Friday meeting invite. It's time to disrupt. That's what's up. We're so lucky to have Tia on our show. That is true. We're coming to the coming up close to the end of the show. It's already that time? It's almost that time, man. Almost. But before what we time go, is it? But before we go, Sorry. Chuck and Christian. I get all excited. Yeah, we get to <laughs> I get to freestyle because Stacy makes me script. We just want to talk makes me a little bit about what we're doing this weekend. Oh. Really? Yeah. So Tia. Who? Christian. Christian. 
got Tia on my mind. I'm like, I'm like, did I hang up on Tia? Because I no, think she might should be on. Okay. I'm kidding. Tia left yeah. us with some great gems. So I totally get why she's still on the brain. Christian. So, yes, sir. Ladies first. All right. So this weekend, um, taking it easy, taking some self-care time. I'm going to be moving next month. So I'll be doing like furniture shopping and oh, all that fun stuff. Wow. Um, but Where I also. Like furniture shop? Hmm? Where you like the furniture shop? So right now, I'm not above, um, you know, I like to ball on a budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking at all the, like, where, uh, overstock warehouses and stuff first Dude, that's so before smart. doing other things. Because mm-hmm. why just splurge completely Different. when you can, yeah, you know. Uh, but I also have a wedding to go to tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Okay. You like weddings? I do. I love weddings. I don't like planning weddings and events, yeah. but I love attending. <laughs> now, they're not going to have that wedding out there at that place they closed up. <laughs> no, but I know that? someone who mm. was supposed to have a November wedding there, mm-hmm. and they are like scrambling, trying to find For all our else. Puerto Rico peeps, there's a place up here in Louisville, Kentucky. It's Louisville. Yeah, you try to say that on not Louisville. Page. Yeah. Louisville. Louisville. They closed their doors without there. telling anybody, but they booked all these weddings. Yes. So, you know. What place is that? I'm not up. I can't remember the name of it. I can't either. But yeah, <laughs> it I know happened, a friend though. that's impacted by it. It was on the internet. It happened. It's it was on a big thing. I missed it. Yeah. What are you doing? I am um, actually doing some entertaining. My, um, my wife has a friend coming in from Belize. Belize? Yes. And so. Um, Stacy Belize. We're, we're, all, we're all friends here. <laughs> and so I can let you in on kind of the intimacies of kind of how I have to do things. So her, her one of her best friends. When I met my wife, she was her best friend, but, you know, time and things changed, and she moved to Belize, and it's hard to have a best friend with someone who's never here for you. Um, so I get a I get a call from a number I don't recognize, and I hit the hater button, you know, screen this and find oh, out that's what, this, what, what this number is all about, yes. right? So I watched the little function, and then it said, oh, oh, it was somebody talking to me. So I picked it up, and it was um, my wife's friend. And she said, hey, I'm thinking about, I have this uh, 11 days off. I'm thinking about coming in surprising Lucy. And she said, I know Lucy, and she might be happy, but she also might be mad. My <laughs> wife is a planner; she plans yeah, things. She's not about the surprises. She is not about the surprises. So she's like, oh, "I'll call Stacy because he can keep the secret." And I'm like, "Oh my <laughs> God, I know my wife, and I know that this is not going to go over well <laughs> if I keep this secret, especially if you know about it." <laughs> exactly. So now I'm trying to figure out ways of kind of getting a sense of whether she can be here, she, whether she has plans, and I'm being all vague and evasive. And so, you know, she knows what something's up. And she's like, I'm asking questions about, hey, this thing that you have that's going to make it so you have to stay in Lexington. Is there any way you can get out of that if, if, <laughs> if there was a sudden need to? And she's like, why? What's up? And I'm like, oh, no reason. I just want, just want to know how flexible you are um, with, with your time. That doesn't sound shady at all. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so she came home. And I'm just looking at her because I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is going to ruin her weekend. So... She, I kind of give her a look to start her to ask the questions because I was I'm baiting her the whole time. Like, give it. She's like, "Oh, what's up?" I said, "Well, I, I need you to guess something." And so I run her through and oh, like, wow. "What's the most outlandish <laughs> thing that you can imagine happening that might disrupt your weekend a little bit?" And she finally came to it. And she's like, "Look, I'm glad that you told me because oh, I would have been very, very mad." Yeah. And, and you don't want that because your kids are gone. So she only has one person to be mad at in the house. <laughs> Focused, right? <laughs> Focused fury. You can't yes. throw them under the bus yeah. to kind of stay clear. So now I'm still in the middle of this sitcom because now we have to go ahead on and try to pull off the she's surprised thing as well. You like, have to rehearse the surprise. I got to rehearse it a little bit yeah. and kind of rehearse like my, my cover up story about how I concealed it from her and everything. So we both have some lines to deliver. Some so I give, I, I'll give you guys the kind of the, the after action review. Once it's all said and done. Can't wait. 
You know, I wish I wish I could be a part of that. Actually, you know, it's funny because he invited me to that like like yesterday. <laughs> I got two kids, knowing good and well. He so he and doesn't want no kids party. My kids yeah. are out of town, so you can't bring yours. Yeah, I understand that, but you, you can't drop it on me like at the last minute. <laughs> you act like somebody's coming out of town or His out of country. His children are gone, so he's forgotten. Uh, he's right. acting real brand new. We're spontaneous now. Yeah. We just up and do stuff. Mm. Chuck, tell us what you're doing this weekend. Oh, y'all don't want to know what I'm doing. We do want to know. Yeah, that. we do. Oh, I'm I wouldn't have no bad. All right, so I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm not going to Stacy's party. I'm going to visit my in-laws tomorrow night. That is not the highlight of my weekend, although I love them very much. Thank you. Shout out to the Parkers. That's what's uh, going on on Sunday, don't you? Sunday. Headed to Lexington. Sunday. 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 L train. I'm going to cross one off the hip-hop bucket list. Who is it? Ain't nobody you heard of. (laughs) 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 What were you born? 94? Yes. Good Lord. No, this is like real hip-hop. I might surprise you. Let me let me see if I can uh, if I can catch you with this. Thinking of a master plan. Everybody knows it. We beat Shazam. Eric B. And Rock him. Right? The greatest MC to hold a mic. What? Give me my things. I knew it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> T is a big winner today. You get the final uh, limited edition disrupt sticker. The OG <laughs> sticker I got rolling around in my bag. Did got you just limp. call me T again? Yes. God, <laughs> dude, I have he's, making that, he's making that very specific mistake. <laughs> oh, okay. my Lord. Sometime, hey, this show is of the culture. And we'll tell it you is. a little bit about that mistake yeah. in, in weeks to come. Oh, damn. Let's see. Chuck's woke journey. Yes. yes. We we will, we will delve into that very much so. No, Christian, you're so new to the show. I I'm know. Not, I'm, I'm yeah, messing yeah, with yeah, you. I'm backpedaling. Yeah. So, listen. Uh, yeah, we got almost, what, two minutes left. So, what? It, what, it, what it, I'll tell you what we'll do. Everybody, if you're listening right now, I got something for you to do. You need to tell at least five people today about this live show. It's going to come to you every Friday at 11 a.m., on Go Slash X, Humana Radio. Shout out to the AV team. What? I see y'all in there. Come on. All right, you're not even listening. They must be in a meeting. <laughs> you can reach us at Go Slash Disrupt, okay? You can find our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Stacy's got a mixtape. If you want to <laughs> borrow it, you can dub it. Cause yeah, you got to ta- dub it. Tapes are coming back. But anyway, Go Slash Disrupt. Christian, Stacy, any final words before I hit this last track? Well, first of all, I want to thank all of my coworkers and colleagues from Retail Product Development and Design who tuned in today. Hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. Thank you so much for your support of the show. And please tell all of your friends if you enjoyed what you heard. I just want to welcome Christian to the show again. And thanks to Tia for the, um, the self-care advice. Yes. Kind of harken back to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes, it did. Mm. I caught it, too. Maslow, baby. Yes. Kicking it old school with that old joker. Uh, <laughs> I got to kill about 15, 20 seconds. Go slash disrupt, y'all. Come on. Stay disruptive. Hug somebody today. Love your kids. Don't forget to have your pets. You know, Bob Barker, we out. Until next time, disruptors, cut the BS. I say I knew them boys were crazy. Disrupt crew, out.